Welcome back to Order and Chaos. I'm very excited for this episode. I have two very special guests, the founders of 4AM Skin. We have Sabrina and Jade. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for hey. having us. <laughs> okay, so I first want to just talk about like you guys and like your backstories because Jade, you came from finance yeah. and you were in medical, were in medical school. school. Yeah. I feel like you guys are like blowing up right now. You guys are in Revolve, Urban Outfitters, yeah. correct? You guys have been in Vogue, Forbes. And I feel like you guys just keep growing. So yeah. I'm excited to hear your yeah. story. But how did you two first meet? December of 2019 was when I was like, Jade, do you want to do this with me? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> After like three tequila shots, we were like, let's start a beauty brand. So you guys were friends before. Yeah. So we both went to Georgetown. It's where we met. I was two years younger than Jade. And I had a family friend that went to Georgetown, actually. And I texted her being like, what do I do? There's like no sororities. On campus, there's, like, these clubs where you're in a coffee shop and you become, like, a barista. <laughs> Georgetown's a weird place, okay. but I was very confused. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And she was like, oh, like, my friend Jade didn't go abroad. She's still on campus. Why don't you link up with her and she'll tell you what to do? And since then, just, I guess, she, she can't get rid of me and now. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? I'm 25. And I'm 26. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's also crazy that you guys started this so young. And I feel like you guys have just had such success already it always still feels like a work in progress yeah it feels sure like we're still building the plane and yeah. flying From it at the same time perspective, I feel like you guys are doing amazing thank you and then so Jade you were in finance yeah my first job out of college or actually like my entire like I interned at a big bank for two years and then went there full-time as like a derivatives trader so very different from what I was doing now and I think I re I think I was fine with like the work that I was doing on the day-to-day -day. I didn't think it was like that bad but I think what, what like really pulled the plug for me was realizing that, hey, like I could see like the work that my like MD was doing. And I was like, I don't want to still be getting in. Sometimes he, was, he would be in at like 630. And I was like, I don't want to be doing that when I'm 40. There's just like no way. And I think when I realized I was working for something I didn't even want, that was like super demotivating for me and was really like the catalyst for change. Were you guys both always into skincare? When did skincare become? So I was always really into skincare. I had really bad hormonal acne and melasma as a teenager. So like skin darkening. And my mom also didn't let me wear foundation because she was like, it's going to make your skin worse. You can't wear foundation. And so I was like, please, like, take me to the dermatologist. <laughs> I remember I scooped her like La Mer cream. And she was like, OK, Serena, I'm actually going to take you to someone that's going to heal this because you need to stop just using my expensive creams all over your body. And so I really got interested in how to heal the skin, really the the science behind skincare and then in undergrad at Georgetown I was pre-med and I was mm -hmm. focusing in on dermatology research and I would tell all my friends all the time like you need a vitamin c serum like you need a sunscreen and then I started screaming on Instagram about it as well being like this is my brightening routine for the day and so I was always that friend that I think people came to and was like what the fuck is a skincare routine what is this serum how do I do it and Jade, I mean, I'll let you yeah, give your Yeah, I have the opposite. Like, I didn't give a fuck about skincare, to be <laughs> honest. And I was like, this is so overwhelming. So it's all like a bit funny after the fact. But I think it's because I I remember my first year in New York, I was like, I'm really into someone who never says no to things. So it's like, I was always like, I was up early really for work. And then I would be out late because I lived in New York and, or still living in New York. So I was still doing it. Um, but <laughs> still going out like yeah. still waking um, up early. And I could see the impact it was having on my skin. So I went to Sabrina and said, okay, like what should I be doing? 
And because really, I don't care what it is. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it. And she gave me this whole 10 step skincare routine, which I'm sure was like great. But it, it kind of like I just realized <laughs> it was that. like when Korean skincare was and really there was like the, like the 12 step. And I was like, you like need toner, this like moisturizer. Toner, yeah. You need these pads. You need these peels. And she was like, I'm not doing this from the cool down <laughs> of like my berries class to my trading floor. And even myself, I was doing influencer stuff at the time and always traveling and had a carry-on suitcase and trying to just put all my stuff in my carry-on. It was getting annoying after a while, having to travel with a literal vanity right. of things. And so it's kind of this thing that we both realized, why is it that luxury skincare, you're asking a consumer to do so much more, where mm-hmm. when you think of any other type of luxury, it's kind of done for you. It's all in one. It's white glove service. We always compare it to furniture, like Ikea is cheap because Mm -hmm. you have to put it together yourself. But when you pay for luxury, it's put in the place in your room where you want it. And we were thinking, why is that not the same for skincare? Why is it that it's so complicated? Why is there not these all-in-one package solutions that actually feel like you're still taking care of yourself? Whereas all the all-in-one that's like typically been on the market has been like head and shoulders, two-in-one shampoo that your frat bro uses and it's like disgusting in their bathroom when you see it. We were like, why can't we turn that on its head and make it luxury? I think that's one thing. I mean, I'll let you guys kind of get into this with like what exactly is 4AM and just like the messaging behind it. But I love that it's so simple with you know, two products, you don't have to like do a bunch of other stuff. Like you can just use that one product and be good to go. How did you guys come up with 4AM and the backstory behind it? Yeah, so 4AM, it's like twofold. So 4AM is kind of really not like nighttime and it's not really morning. You can be going out until 4am or you can be waking up to hustle at 4am and I feel like we literally lived on different time zones when we were starting 4am because I would be up studying until 4 and Jade would be running to her 5am berries class which I I think realized I said berries twice in this uh, (laughs) podcast already I maybe I'm prone to it because we just had our collab I know I was gonna but also it feels full circle first collab with them which is so cool yeah it literally feels full circle because every single time we tell the founding story they always bring them up so we were like oh my god this is sick this is literally our first big product That's really cool. But anyways, I digress. (laughs) 4 a.m. was really this time that you could come to the time any way you wanted. Either you could be going out and coming It feels like this weird in-between time. time. It's not morning, it's not night. And so the same way that we say you can come to skincare any way you are. You can be the most perfectionist. You can be messy. You can do whatever. We're not going to judge you for your skincare routine. We're still not, we're not going to judge you the same way that you come to 4 a.m. however you want to. I think you guys have it. I think it's like in your Instagram bio, the anti-wellness wellness club. And I feel like that resonated with me a lot. Just like low maintenance wellness, the idea of it, because it's most people want to take care of themselves and do all these things that are good for them but when it becomes so complicated people get turned off by it so I feel like simplifying it in any way whether it's skincare fitness or just like diet all those things I feel like really helps people be able to manage wellness and make it more accessible to everyone so I think that's like one thing 4am does really well thanks yeah I felt like you know so many brands especially in skincare really tie wellness and skincare together it's like you need to also drink your cream juice you also need to go to pilates Mm -hmm. you need to be that girl in order to have a good skincare routine and it felt so overwhelming and so complicated so many friends would come up to me and be like do I really have to stop drinking like if I want to have good skin like what is this green powder that I also (laughs) should be drinking or whatever and I was just like no like there's so many things that you don't need to do that you can do you can do whatever you want and so many people didn't even start and I feel like because it's such an overwhelming process we wanted to like you said simple it simplify it down and say you can just use this one thing and that's enough right you you're doing your best it's Mm -hmm. sometimes overwhelming to try to do everything find one thing that you can be consistent with and just do that over time because that will get you more results than trying to do all the millions of things and then you just get exhausted by it 
Yeah, and that's why we launched with like the serum skew because we felt like serums have, are like the most complicated mm-hmm. part of a of a skincare routine. And but a lot of times it can be like really effective. But it's so weird to me how like people literally just are, will market a serum and be like, oh, this is a vitamin C serum, and be like. You figure out what that means where right. you have to know the knowledge of, like, okay, well, vitamin C has brightening. I should be using it in the morning versus the night, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so that always seemed so kind of odd to me. And so the first product we launched with was the routine and we wanted it to basically be everything past a cleanser in your skincare routine. And so we tried to pack as many active ingredients within it, mm-hmm. but also in percentages that made sense with each other, because a lot of times it's not even just an ease thing, but unless you are a really crazy skincare person, person who is actually taking the time to test different products on your skin and not trying like three different things new into your skincare routine at the same time you a lot of times don't know what's working and it's hard to figure out what works with each other like are you doubling down on ingredients that you maybe is pointless like adding in twice but you didn't know that because they're both in your two serums that you like or your Mm -hmm. toner and etc so that's why we launched with the routine which is a rise and rest serum so morning and night and so all the active ingredients that you're not getting in the morning you're getting the night and vice versa and trying to put those active ingredients at the right time. So for someone who's in the same boat where they're like, we want to launch a product or we want to start a brand, what was that first step for you guys to even figure out what ingredients are going to go in it, how you're even going to get it, you know, into product form? What was that first initial step you guys had to take to even get to create these two products? Yeah, so I had a background in dermatology and derm research. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of already in the space and I'd worked with a lot of estheticians and dermatologists that had like created their own skincare brands. And so kind of went to some mentors in the space and I had done a lot of research myself, Google Scholar as like your best friend. <laughs> and and I was reading a lot of research papers on different active ingredients and I had just been crazy about skincare forever. Yeah. So I guess it's a little bit different, but I really wrote out, okay, I want a serum that has like this and this and this and this and this in it. And then I just got connected through my, some of my mentors to chemists and I one of my brother's friends actually used to be a head uh, chemist at La Mer and she did R&D mm-hmm. there. And I was like, is this formula even viable? Like, can you even do this? And so I was just literally finding anyone that I could that had worked in the industry to be like, is this idea for a product even possible? And then after iterations and tweaks, we got connected to a lab that does manufacturing, worked with their stability chemists to see, because we have so many active ingredients in each product to see if it's possible for them to even live in one bottle together. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of two years, iterated it to be what it is now. That's so cool. I love that. And then when did you guys come out with the eye mask? Was it? That was in, what was it, October of last year? A year ago. September, so September. 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think the serums are our hero product for sure. It's the formulas we own. It's no one else has, I think, like a product mm-hmm. like it. But we did know that it's a more expensive skew for someone to come in on. And something I've always struggled with is like under eye bags. And people have mixed opinions on eye creams. Right. Most of the time they they're I think they're like glorified. Right. That's what I've always been told. Yeah. I also have milia. So it actually makes What's milia. So it's like these little spots under your eyes oh, okay. that you can get. And having super thick creams usually. Yeah. It aggravates it. Okay. So actually using under eye creams have made it worse. So there's like. We both have like weird issues that like with our under eyes. Yeah. That, like, I feel like I saw your before and afters, yeah. and yeah. I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm a believer. And I think, it, and I think, for, yeah, for and so for us, it was like, okay, what's something that complements our current product skew? And it really was they're 100 reusable, and you can basically use them with our current skew. Because it was really important for us that you were not adding 
crazy amounts of like products Mm -hmm. to your routine. So it's still minimal. And it allowed customers to come in to the brand. Maybe if they weren't ready to commit to a serum, maybe they'll try out the under eye mask and really love it and then kind of get to try Maybe add in the breast serum as their under eye serum. And then if they love it, then they'll chew the rise serum. Yeah. We'll get them to the routine. I love that. It's a little stepwise process. But really, we've only launched one product a year since launching. We've only launched. I think of the routine as like one product, even though it's two SKUs. But I think... It's been super every product we launch with. You see so many brands come out with a million different right. things. And one, not only that's like way more expensive to do, but I also think for us, people always are like, oh, what's your hero product? It's a little hard to say what your hero product is mm-hmm. with only two SKUs, but also every product we we launch, the expectation is that it's like it becomes a hero, a hero product. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I've noticed with you guys. It's not overwhelming. These other yeah. brands that come out with a bunch of products, it becomes overwhelming. So yeah. I feel like starting with one solid product and yeah. then adding to the collection as yeah. you guys go. And I think that's a good piece of advice. Yeah. Like if someone was just starting their own thing, I just... I I think like starting small is just a way mm-hmm. easier way to like give yourself time to figure out if this is a viable business or like right. or and just figure out how to sell one thing. It's a lot easier to figure out how to sell one yeah. thing than, than how to sell things. ten things. You know. I also think because 4AM came out of an idea for a product and then the brand was really built around it. I mean, it was a marriage of product and brand. Mm-hmm. We really wanted to make sure that the serums could stand on its own, even without the brand of 4AM. I mean, people are, I mean, I'm about to say cult because Jade has her own cult on she TikTok. Does. But <laughs> we'll people are cult, cult followers yeah. of 4AM because of really the messaging around it of having fun and it's That's like what I was drawn tape. to, yeah. for sure. But I do think that people are genu- generally surprised. I mean, it sounds bad that I say that people are surprised, but they're like, oh, this serum works. Actually like, works. Yeah. It's changed my skin. People yeah. are on their like 14th purchase of the routine, which is yeah. crazy to me. I will say I love your branding and I think it's so different than anything else in the wellness space, especially yeah. with skincare. I feel like that's like what I connected with it yeah. because I was that girl who was like out till 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> going to the after hours and coming home and, you know, still wanting to wash my face and like, mm-hmm. get my like shit somewhat together and yeah. like, be somewhat put together. Exactly. And so when you guys came out with it, I was like, okay, there's a community of people who are all kind of in that same boat. So I just was always obsessed with the branding and even just like the black and the colors. And yeah. it's just so cute. Having this on your bathroom sink so or whatever, it's so aesthetic and cute. Yeah. And we it. also felt like a lot of Gen Z brands that especially are being cooked up mm-hmm. by older folks, it, they are becoming, I don't know, they're all looking like each other. They're all yeah. neon. They're yeah. all... I don't know. So it's, I feel like it's going to become like the millennial pink of what happened in the past. And I feel like it's going to become dated. And we wanted to create something that, I mean, well, we really created it out of our own aesthetics and yeah. our own vibe. But I think that we wanted to create something that felt elevated, especially because mm-hmm. so many people think that Gen Z doesn't want that. But we were like, no, no, like Gen Z still wants something that feels that they're put together and right. it's elevated and sophisticated, especially because so much of our branding is tied to nightlife and mm-hmm. going out and having fun. We also wanted it to still feel very chic and put together. So you're kind of like this hot mess in a way. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I want to go back to building the business. So after you guys came up with the product and the idea and you did all the formulating, what was the next step you guys had to do to actually bring that to life and get the website running, get the marketing out there, get the word out there? What were those steps that you guys had to kind of yeah. take there? I mean, I think back and so many people ask about like making a business and like what's the hard part and et cetera. And so like like our website's on Shopify. I just did a rebrand of the website on Figma. and It looks together. really good, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But 
Even a lot of our like packaging, it was like us hauling different manufacturers and it is a stock packaging Mm -hmm. as much as it looks really nice. It's a stock in that we didn't do a custom bottle like that is a new Mm -hmm. shape. It's a square bottle. It's a it's glass, but and it has our labeling printed on it. But it's just like a screen printed stock bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Like the design that we made. Yeah, exactly. I think it's beautiful. I almost think that to some extent the product and the website and the mar- and like we had a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. I almost think like and then we like launched it. That's like which was like turning the website on and posting on Instagram that like hey you can buy it now. I guess also we have like a three PL which is our, our warehouse and that we found by googling. Did you guys always have a three PL or were you guys shipping? Yeah, we always initially? had a three PL. The reason I, behind that was I was still in med school when we launched, James and I had a full time job, job and I was like this is like something we're not. For a three PL, there's not a lot of there's not you upfront costs. Some some three PLs there are. We found a very niche, very boutique three PL who has smaller like quantities, right. etc. So you definitely want to find one that works for your business. that works for your business. And I would recommend. There's a lot of people who talk about. I mean, we don't have to get so into the weeds, but there's a lot of like big startups who like have like big warehouses, mm-hmm. like find like a mom and pop shop, especially at the beginning and prioritize someone who's like our main thing is like communication. Like we have a Slack channel with our with our 3PL yeah. and like basically any issues we have, we can Slack them and they're mm-hmm. responding within like one to two hours. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. And like that was the most important thing to us. And we're paying per order. So it's we whatever have, we there's make. Like, there's like there's a storage a fee, but it. it's really not very big. And yeah. for us, I would much prioritize having an organized and also we live in New York. Our apartments are tiny. There's no way. <laughs> there was no, I wasn't putting there, like, there, was no <laughs> there was just no way. I really commit. And I think there I do see other brand owners who don't have a 3PL at the beginning. And I think you do like learn a lot about I think we would kind of maybe had different choices earlier on around like our package not our bottle packaging but like the mailers that it comes in because like we would have realized oh wow it's a lot more expensive to be bought to doing like this box versus like a mailer Mm -hmm. one thing that we had is at the beginning we had like white crinkle inside the box because we were like oh it'll make the black bottles bottles pop more but one thing that we noticed is that when they were arriving to customers they look white crinkle because like it, it just looks made the bottles look dusty because mm-hmm. the white crinkle just was like, like getting off on it. Yeah, it was coming off on it so we changed the black crinkle. So it's like little things that maybe there's maybe definitely an upside because my OCD would have been like, oh my god. Yeah. But yeah. But I think, like, for us, that was like... The we wanted choice. things... We wanted orders to go out same day. Yeah. Someone bought them. If, if Yeah, we wanted to... The things that we realized, and I think especially even now, two years into the business, being full-time and growing like crazy, we're trying to find things of what can we automate because... Yeah. Jade and myself's skills it's are not packing boxes. Not packing boxes. <laughs> right. And also, when you guys mentioned how you both, you were working full time, you were in school, yeah. and you, this was kind of your little baby on the side. How were you guys managing your time while you guys were doing all that? I mean, I think, I mean, not really well. <laughs> no. Horribly. I also think, I also I ha- think, I never like, slept. we had a much slower beginning to like the brand for mm-hmm. the first year. Then, like, had we been full-time on it? We can right. really seen like, the difference between, like, the brand growing since we've been full-time versus So you're not, not. in finance. You're yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No. And then you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Story for another time. <laughs> I'm joking. I left med school indefinitely to do 4 a.m. Yeah. until it gets some legs. And then I think once I get some legs, I'll go back to get my MD. But I think what a lot of people don't realize about medical school is it's very general. Mm-hmm. And so I was learning about like the kidney and the heart and <laughs> I don't know, bones. And right. it's great. I have a great scientific background of I can uh, understand 
you know, how to talk to a lab and things like that, but right. it's not so specific and like the derm research. And so um, I really wanted to take the time away to really like expand my knowledge in that specifically mm -hmm. and also just work on 4am in yeah. general. When you guys were doing the ingredients and figuring out the formula and stuff, were you, how long was your testing period? Were you guys just like using it on yourself? Were you guys giving it to friends? How did you guys figure out, okay, this is the formula we want, we want to go with? Yeah, first face it went on was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I put a lot of formulas on my face and different patches on my face. Yeah. It's send our chemist photos because it was also during COVID when we were doing this. Oh, yeah. So which was our crazy. development process was very long. I think one, because we were very picky. Like, I don't remember how many different versions, but it was we like went 46 through a versions. lot. Okay. So it's like a long process. To yeah. Get the so it was like product. a long so process. And I think it was made I mean, longer. There is a turnkey like process. Like, if you, I mean, I don't recommend this, to be honest, mm -hmm. because, I mean, I, I care a lot about the ingredients. <laughs> but if you want to launch a brand and you don't care about what the product is and it's just the brand, there are labs that will give you already done formulations. Yeah. Like, just our formula is custom to us. Okay. And that's like an investment that we made in the beginning. Versus there's a lot of labs you can, and they're formulas. probably good formulas. They're just like not, won't be specific to you of like, oh, like this like vitamin C serum. You can just it's buy just like another repackage, and just like vitamin C it. serum. Yeah. When you guys were starting out, how were you guys investing in it? Were you guys just putting your own money up front? Did you guys have investors? So we raised a friends and family around from other like startup founders that we knew, friends mm -hmm. and family that believed in us. And also I... This is a funny story that I tell on some podcasts. I was buying fake IDs for friends in, <laughs> like in, in high school. Not in high school. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was trying to figure out Bitcoin. Let's put it that okay. way. Because my friends were like, okay, Sabrina, you're like the techie one. Like, you can probably figure this out, yeah. whatever. So I bought, like, I think it was like $700 in Bitcoin in like 2015 or 2014. Okay. I bought like one Bitcoin in like 2014. <laughs> and... I could not figure out for the life of me how to transfer it like to this woman who was making these IDs. And I was like, really like, oh my God. I, I went to my mom and I was like, mom, they're going to tell the school that I was trying to buy fake IDs. Like, this is horrible. And she was like, Sabrina, you are so dumb for doing this, but I'm glad you came to me. And she was like, we'll strike a deal. If you do these tours or whatever, I'll like help pay back your friends because like I couldn't get it out of the Bitcoin because I literally did not know how to transfer it to this woman in China. But then in 2022, Bitcoin went to like 60,000. Okay, I was going to say, you probably got And I was like, price. hold on. I was like, did I just make like 60X on my money on the, this Bitcoin? So I got really- Because you just held on to it because you didn't- I just held on to it because I literally didn't know how to like transfer it out. So I will say I got very lucky and I invested some of that into 4am okay. and then also friends and family and other startup founders jade actually sat next to a startup founder at a dinner who was like i just love your vibe yeah but that was over the course of like a long i think when we like the very beginning of the of the brand between everyone was like less like was like 20k just to like get like a website and, mm -hmm. and etc up so it's not something that you need like a huge investment in especially if you're not like focused on like hyper 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 growth but really just building something on the side so I think for the first like, year and a half we really didn't have a ton of like ton of capital but but it also it wasn't so pressure intense mm -hmm. we were like okay well if we make like like we, make we didn't need to money. we didn't need to yeah. live off of our money basically. yeah yeah because like, yeah, we had other making. jobs yeah. when now you do, it's a different story like friends and family when you do that type of funding how does that work they own so, equity the, in the business okay so. yeah yeah, they own equity in the business. We were just like, here, enjoy. How about, you get a percent, you get a percent, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get a 0.25. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, so now where 4AM Skin is, like, did you guys expect it to get to where it is now? Or kind of when you started, what did you think was going to happen with it? So I've always been very 
delusional as a human. Delulu I'm the same way. The I literally, yes. I was like, I'm going to be the next Emily Weiss. I'm going to be the next. No, but like, I, I literally think you guys are. <laughs> I literally would In tell. In my mind, I'm like, you guys are the next, like, every big brand. I, that's that. like, I literally would tell investors, I was like, we're doing what Glossier did for makeup in 2014, but for skincare in 2021. <laughs> like, okay, calm down. Relax. <laughs> literally relax, Sabrina. And I was like, so you always had, like, a big picture. For I mean, you. I always knew that. I mean, even from when I was five, I always would be like, I want to make a makeup brand. Like, yeah. I always knew that I wanted to do something in this space. And. I think I'm a little crazy to the Jade like reels me back and she's like, bro, like you gotta be a little more like normal with people. I'm like, okay, fine. But I always was like, this is gonna be a billion dollar business. We're always gonna exit it for this much. We're done. Nah, 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 nah. And so I think that also, I mean, as an entrepreneur, like there are such high highs, but there's like even lower lows. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to have a bit of the delusion to be yeah. like, I'm just going to keep going because you have to believe that there is going to be this like crazy win at the end of the tunnel or that you just like believe so much in the process that you're like, this will be successful no matter what, mm -hmm. even when you're at the lowest low. And so I think that's helped both of us continue on really in the low lows that yeah. we've had. But in terms of the growth, there's been times, especially at the beginning of like while we, I was still in medical school and Jade was still at her job or right when we became full time of like, was this a good idea that we became full time? We actually went out and tried to raise a fundraising round of mm -hmm. like, I think it was like we tried to raise like a million and a half dollars or something like that. Yeah. Because we had also seen the playbook of like the glossies of the world that, yeah. you know, they go and they raise two million dollars with a, like a thing on the back, a of, thing of, a back of a napkin. We at least had a product and a community around it. So right. we were like, this should be so easy for us, you know? And it was not. Yeah. <laughs> the market yeah. had corrected and <laughs> it was very difficult. And I think... For us, we had spent so much time. We'd spent like January to March trying to fund it. And that was right when we went full time. And, and it was like hard because we didn't really see a ton of growth in the business during that time because mm -hmm. all we were doing was talking to people basically being like, hey, do you want to invest in us? Like we're gonna, we're full time now. We're going to grow this business. Here's our idea. Here's our traction. And, and everyone it, was like, eh. Should like, come back to us when there's more traction. Which, which was now, like so frustrating. When I look at it, I'm like, okay, I they understand. were kind of right. They were right. <laughs> they were right. We have the traction now, but I think it forced us to be, be really scrappy. scrappy. Mm -hmm. We we were on a call the other day, and someone was like, "You guys have like one of well, the most they capital was... efficient like businesses we've but, seen yeah, in a while." Yeah, because it's like because it's just you two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. We just have we just had a uh, one of our interns. She's working with us like part time, one day a week now. But mm -hmm. that's that's kind of that's it. it. Yeah. And us. What do you think the first position you guys would need to hire for? Is it this our intern full time? I love her so much. <laughs> what does she do? Shout just out. Like, she just like does. She manages me and Jade. Literally, okay. yesterday she's much more organized than we are, and I feel like she'd be like a good like chief of staff role okay. of like yeah. staffing us. But like I don't know. <laughs> Literally, but like I think I think I think for us, she has like a lot. I think what's really nice is finding people who have alternate skill sets and even just like before like your first employee and if you have a co-founder we have very differing skill sets Sabrina and I and so you have to find someone with like compliment as much as it's like easy to get along with someone who has like the mm -hmm. same exact like skill sets and interests as you it has to be differentiated. No it has to be different and I think the thing is too is people would think that we butt heads on things mm -hmm. but I think it actually helps us kind of pull each other in each direction whereas like I'm I love to be more like okay strategy and what's the whole world of 4am and whatever and Jade's like here's the to-do list for today right, let's just yeah. get this done and so I think the balance of it is really helpful to actually make a business be successful yeah but yeah after the three months of trying to go out and fundraise we were like we were, we're done we're this not gonna is, do this we're not we're clearly not gonna be able to fundraise yeah let's actually go and try to build, build the business, the business. Mm -hmm. 
and that's when the business has grown the most and then it grew a lot more than i think i think even had we i mean depending on how but had we been successful raising i don't think we would have grown in the way that like especially organic presence the way that we did over the last like four to five months what do you think was the biggest factor in the growth TikTok. TikTok. I was gonna say for was sure. TikTok for sure. We launched at Revolve and Urban, so it's yeah, like so having a too. retail presence. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's because people trust it more because like they're a brand, a yeah. big retailer will carry right, us. Right. Yeah, it's not like a drop shipping brand, brand uh, skincare yeah. brand by two twenty something year olds who party all the time. Yeah. I feel like when you guys launched in Revolve, I feel like it also probably gave you guys a little bit of that like. I don't know. Was there like a sense of like, okay, we've made it a little bit like. Yeah. Like I think it's so stupid though too, because it's annoying to feel like you need these like outside validators, but like it is totally true. I feel like I'll, if I'm like at a dinner and people haven't heard of like the brand, like the first question there's like, oh, where do you sell? Cause Mm -hmm. I think they're always like, they're trying to suss is, you out. Uh, is this yeah. like an online thing like a, that you just like? Because everyone can have a product. Yeah, everyone can do so a product. Like, these days. How legit is it? And then, then when we're like, oh yeah, we're at Urban and Revolve and et cetera, et cetera, then they're like, okay, take it more it's real. Like it's All a right. real thing. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What was the process of getting into retailers like for Revolve? And yeah. Urban? So Urban reached out to us actually. That's so cool. They, someone that we knew that has this like directory of consumer brands called mm-hmm. CPGD. Yeah. Was at Founder Made, which is like one of these like conferences for consumer brands in LA actually. And I guess she had met the urban buying team and realized that 4AM was in the directory of the site. And she was like, oh, do you know the 4AM founders? We want to get in touch with them because we think mm. they do well at Urban. Yeah. Okay. And so we were connected with them. And it took a while. I mean, it yeah, took about it took a year a, yeah. to figure everything out with Urban. And I mean, it's, I think it depends on the retailer because Revolve, it took like yeah, three Revolve, months only. There were much it was less than three months. It was like probably a month and a half between okay. our first. And that was, I actually reached out to, I had worked with Revolve for influencer stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to my like influencer, like seeing the girl who gives me the Revolve credit. And I was like, hey, so like random, uh, so random, but I have a skincare brand. Um, I know this isn't probably not your, your, jurisdiction, your, your jurisdiction, but I would love to be connected to a buyer and sent her like a retail deck of the brand, yeah. a brand deck. She was like, oh, like looks cool. Like here, email this girl. And then yeah, we here's set a time and wow. yeah, it went from there. What do you think the biggest challenge has been just working with a friend? I think like the hard thing is having boundaries between friendship mm-hmm. and work. Cause like to keep up your friendship, you have to be like, okay, like not everything has always has to be work. There'll be like sometimes where I'm like, I'm relaxing, don't want to think about work. Mm-hmm. And I'll have Sabrina call me and I'm like, ugh, like she called me about work. I don't want to pick up, but then like I'll pick up and it's not about work. And you you're like, like about a boy or and, you're, and you're like, why was I like annoyed? You know, yeah. like it's like you have to like get over like that. Yeah, it was funny. That's, like, I was like actually telling my mom this other day. It was like when we went to Tacombe and I, and Jade like called me and was like, let's just have a night where we like get dressed up and go out and do nothing and turn our brains off for the night. And I was like, honestly, this is gonna be so nice. I feel like we haven't had just like friend time yeah. in a while because it's been just so jam packed with the business. And also things will come up where I'm like. I want to talk about work and then I'll like try to like backtrack and be like no 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 that can like stay to 9 a.m tomorrow but I think the thing is really too is neither of us really have ego in the business and I think we're we both realize that neither of us know what we're doing you know we're really trying to just build it together Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people if they are working with a friend or what what I've seen riffs become before come through friends before is like where people start to place blame on the other person and Mm -hmm. then it like 
it becomes an issue where they're like, this was your fault. You did this wrong and I wouldn't do this wrong. And I think once you realize like, no, no, like I would have probably also made the same mistake and said, how can we move together forward instead of trying to place blame? Like, all right, it happened. Let's just move forward and like figure out the next step. And I think because of that, there is not really that many issues. I also think we're very good communicators in general. Yeah. And I'm we're not like sensitive. so upfront. I'm just always like, this doesn't work. Or like, yeah. yeah. Like, I think being and I don't like take that, per- not taking that personally not, yeah. is what it is. Like, like it's like, if I don't think this website design you made looks good, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Yeah. But it's not like, don't take it personally. Right. It's not yeah. It's I just my you. opinion. And I, think, I don't like it. Exactly. Like I think every time like we have a disagreement about something, I'm like, can you explain to me why, you don't like this or what your vision is. Maybe I'll come to your side and see your vision, like what you're saying. And then I'll explain what I think. And then we'll come to an agreement about it. And I think once you realize it's not personal, it's just about someone's opinions on mm-hmm. something and, and you grow together when you have this communication, cause you're really trying to make the best product, best, whatever, best brand. Then you just go from there. And I think not being sensitive about things and not taking things personally is really like the biggest piece of advice. When someone's starting a brand or a product and they're looking for a co-founder, I feel like a lot of friends will be like, let's start this together. But what is your piece of advice for something you should look for, red flags that you should avoid with working with someone else on like a project like that? I mean, I knew that Jade was my only <laughs> friend that was as crazy as I was when it came to work. Like, like the we find a lot of like, in it. yeah, I feel yeah. like we both find a lot of like academic validation. Yeah. And I knew that that was going to pervade into work and we're just... I just always knew that we both had this ideology of like, we're going to crush whatever we do. And I think you just know, I, we got lucky as well. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I th- I tell everyone like it's the best thing in the world to work with your best mm-hmm. friend, but I also understand that not yeah. everyone has the same dynamic yeah. that, we yeah. d- that we have. And I think we've learned. And I think also over the process of it, there have been things that we've just like learned, you know, what to fix and and the relationship and how it's grown. And I think we've grown as people together during it. And Mm -hmm. at the beginning, I remember, I was just telling Jade this the other day, actually, it wasn't even in work stuff. It was in friend stuff. I was like, Jade, no one that's sensitive can be friends with you because like I'll send her like 10 paragraphs about something and she'll be like, okay. And I swear, like at at first, like you would think like she hates me or like she wouldn't respond to me for like three days about something. And I'd be like, she hates What's me your so yeah. much. I'm a Capricorn. Okay, that kind of yeah. it tracks. Yeah. Yeah. What's your sign? I'm a Pisces. Okay, I don't so I'm Pisces very well. emotional. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And I'd be like, oh my god, like, <gasps> did I do something wrong? And then she was like, I just don't have the social battery to respond right now. I'll respond to you. Eventually. Wait, I relate yeah. to that so yeah. much though. I feel like a lot of people will like want to start a business with their friend, but to have a partnership that works really well is pretty rare. So yeah. that you guys being able to do it so well is like a unique thing. And I mean, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, all the friends that I've seen to start businesses together, it's ruined their friendships. And I'm very yeah. glad really? that's not us. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Think about the, the other yeah. podcast. Uh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I mean, I've been there before, so I totally get it. Okay, I want to get into like more fun stuff now. Well, actually, first, I want to hear your guys' number one beauty tip that you guys live by that you guys would recommend to people. I really, I mean, I know that this sounds like a brand thing, but like I'm really about less is more when it comes to, Mm -hmm. and also I'm about like, I want my toiletry bag to be as small as possible. It's not as small as it possibly can because I feel like (laughs) 
Right now, I'm like, t- I don't know what I'm doing with my makeup, and I kind of want to. I feel like you're just getting overwhelmed it. with your PR. Yeah, too. yeah. I'm just like, when you get so much sense, you yeah. feel like, and you don't want to waste it. Yeah, exactly. Like a, but like, yeah, we've started giving it to friends because it's yeah. like less is more, I think. And but like, I don't mean that in a glossier, like, let your skin shine. Yeah. Like, I'm a full foundation girly because like, anytime I use concealer, I feel like the concealer just like ends up That's not matching. So you yeah. might as well just make it the whole thing. Like, <laughs> But I think about, like, of having, like, okay, this is the foundation that I always use. Right. Like, this is the eyeshadow that I always use because I think it also builds, like, a signature look as mm-hmm. well. Or, like, it's so funny. And then I get into, like, such habits with it. And then right now I feel like I'm kind of overall of my current, like, yeses. But, like, I'm I'm always on the hunt for, like, this is the one product that I use. It's almost like, you know how people create capsule collections with their clothes? Yeah. Like, creating that for your beauty bag. Yeah. And, like, your makeup routine and just simplifying it so it makes your day easier because you, like, know what to reach exactly, for. Exactly. You know exactly. exactly how to put it on, how you're going to look and everything. You don't have to, like, go crazy with exactly. it. Exactly. What about you for your beauty? Well, I was also going to say something that recently we've been saying is do the high-maintenance things to stay low-maintenance. Mm-hmm. You were just talking about your last trip yeah. that you got. Yeah. And I think... I mean, I always bite my nails, and so I always need to get, like, acrylics on. So I'm yeah. literally in the nail salon, like, every two weeks being, like, okay, like, do I, it, do I it, have do to get my nails done, but it's just so expensive. So, like, well, I've started doing press-ons, which I'm, is, like, I'm for the press-ons. my new thing. But I also do rip them off in, like, then three days go, yeah. rather than acrylics. I leave them on. So yeah. we're figuring out my nail situation. But I do think, like, whenever I just, like, bite the bullet and I'm, like, okay, I'm going to get my eyebrows done. I'm going to, like, go, like, I don't know get my nails done I do feel like a lot more put together what are some of your guys's high maintenance to be low maintenance that you guys are doing I know you said lash lift for you yeah lash lift because I have like really straight eyelashes and also I always rub my mascara so like mascara doesn't do anything for me I feel like it does more harm than good like I've I don't think and I've tried a lot of mascaras I don't think it's that (laughs) I'm using the wrong mascaras it's like my eyelashes are straight and so you don't see it if it's right. unless, like cur- curling and then just like a lash lift. But I do have long lashes and it's like so much better for me. I do acrylics as well just because I know that people say it's like bad for your nails. But I just am not someone like I let them grow out pretty long, I will say. It's not that I'm good. The same way. I'm, I'll write it out yeah, <laughs> until I'll like write. one falls off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because like I just don't like being in a nail salon for very long. And it's like I just want to have perfect nails for like – I feel so more much more it's, put together yeah. when I have my nails done. Yeah. Than when I don't. Yeah. I also recently have wanted to do lip blushing. I've, I've like, thought about that too. I'm a little scared because I feel like the healing process of it is like terrifying. Yeah. I want to get microblading so badly. <sighs> but I also I... have like discoloration like around my lips. And so it looks like I have migrated filler, which like maybe I do have migrated filler. But... I was going to ask you guys yeah. your thoughts on like filler and Botox too. Well, I literally inject people with filler and Botox. <laughs> so my thoughts are strongly positive. Yeah. But anyways, but I don't um, think I, I also think less is more, though. I think that if people people aren't realizing that filler does not degrade in a year like everyone yeah. says it does, you know, it, it moves to other places. And and if you keep trying to, like, fill more places, like it's going to move and shift and then you're going to get like a little moon face. And so that's a whole <laughs> issue. So less is definitely more. So I feel like I had a phase where and I still kind of am in this phase where I'll just like try out anything. Like, yeah. And I think. One thing people should know, a lot of 
like if you're in the influencer space, you get a lot of things either discounted or for free. Yeah. yeah. So it's easier for you to like try things out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and so I think people who are watching influencers get beauty treatments done. Just keep that in mind. They're probably getting it for free. Yeah, 100%. Because I think there's a lot of good, like, like I was, we were talking about, like, stuff like M-Sculpt. And, like, M-Sculpt definitely works. Because it's yeah. basically just, like, it's making your abs do, like, 2,000 crunches. crunches or whatever. Yeah. But it's, like, would I be paying right. for that? Like, you know, yeah. Where I'm, like, oh, like, it made a slight yeah. difference. Like I got Morpheus too. 8 and... It, like I didn't notice any difference. I didn't either. I'm like and I was like, and I'm like, people are paying twelve hundred dollars for one treatment. I think you need to do three. Yeah. So it's, and it's like, like, and I was like, maybe yeah, it's because I, we didn't I would do never. Three. Yeah, I didn't I do like, three. I did yeah. two, and then I was like, I'm not because I paid, but I got a discounted yeah. rate. But I was just like, I'm not paying for another one like this. One. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice a difference. We're Going like forty five. Yeah, anyways. like where we don't even really need it. Yeah. That's yeah. the other thing. I'm like, I got Botox. I started getting Botox like pretty young. I would say like. 25 24 which yeah. I think most people are now at that age but I'm like did I really need to be st- like getting it that young so things like that I'll just like kind of look back and question a little bit but even with like lip filler I feel like mine's migrated now so I'm like should I get it dissolved and then like refilled no like I'm the same way of like I got like I think I've only I've only got a filler like on my lips like three times I think and like basically like the first two times I got it I was like obsessed like yeah. no and but I remember I went home to my roommate immediately after so it would have been swollen and he didn't notice a difference yeah. like it was very subtle like my parents didn't know dif- notice a difference and I know that they didn't notice a difference it wasn't just because they weren't saying because the third time I got it my mom was like what the fuck is up <laughs> no I feel like my first time loved it second time good and then once I started getting it more and more I was like wait a minute I yeah. like, like starting your, to like look a little face funky. Almost, I mean, this is like how body dysmorphia feel like forms, but your face gets like accustomed to like what it looks like. And then you're like, wait, but like I need more. Right. Now. Yeah. And then. Which is a dangerous slope. Yeah. I know. So like, now I'm like, I'm like, I'm never doing it again. I think like I, the last time I got it was July of last year. And I like still I'm like, there's. I feel like the girlies are dissolving the filler. I feel like no one's getting it anymore. I feel like everyone, everyone. Or if you're getting it, it's got, so small. Everyone like saw not. themselves get crazy. Yeah. And then they were like, we're done. Yeah. Well, because I think, I think, because I remember too, I, because I had always only done like half a syringe because I went to like some place that was like cheap, like I went to cheap, like I, or, but it was always like, because they offered half syringes. So it was like way cheaper. Which is nice because other places you get, you have to pay for the full syringe, but you don't want to get the full syringe. Exactly. Exactly. And so then the third time they were like, oh, it's only like, they were like doing some promo or something where it's like, oh, it's like only like $200 extra to do like a full like syringe. I think I still only did it on my lips, but they just used a little more than half yeah. a syringe. And then it was like crazy. I look at photos and I'm like, oh my God. No, I me? feel like your lips, who I always have noticed, look so me good. Leave the house. And I'm also very, like, I'm also, like, I, yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say the funniest thing though is that you literally came to me and you were like, my lips are so big. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on. And then you posted TikTok and someone like, Call me like yeah, like, being like thin Miss Thin Lips, and I was like, and I was <laughs> like, you know what, you, you can can't never win. win. No. You can never win because I was like, my lips look fucking insane, and someone's like, yeah, Thin Lip BB, <laughs> Thin Lip BB, like, and I'm like, oh whatever. Okay, Jade, you have something on TikTok where you induct people into your cult. yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. What are your little tips for inducting into your My number one you is you will never regret silence. And I think this is with I like obviously if someone's being abusive to you, like like No, just get up and leave. But no, <laughs> actually actually yes. Like it's yeah, like it's like, like you will never talk someone into liking you. you. 
feeling bad about something they did to you or anything, mm-hmm. you will only no. I've they'll seen only so, feel like vindicated. so many people are like, I'm gonna send this mean ass text that he's gonna finally like understand. Yeah, no. no. No, no. He's going to look at it and be like, this crazy bitch, haha. Like, <laughs> and I've been in that position before where I've like sent that text and then I'm like, why did I send it? I yeah. wish I would have just you not said anything. You will never regret looking back at the text and, and not be like, saying anything. and not saying yeah. anything and literally like, never having sent anything. I'm removing your access to me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Anytime I've ever sent a text like that, regret. Yeah, regret. Oh, regret. You won't regret just yeah. not responding. You will never regret being like, yeah, you, ne- you never got access to me again. But how do you think, like, for someone who does want to send that text or whatever, like, I don't know, I feel like when you're in that mindset, you kind of just, like, rage text almost, what would be, like, your tip to being, like, not to not send the text and, like, remove yourself from? Because you have to really think about, like, the outcome of it, right? You just make yourself look sad. I don't know. That sounds sad. (laughs) I feel like like distracting yourself and giving yourself a day for, like, a day or two. And if... Even, like, when I was younger and, like, my mom, let's say I, like, did something bad, my mom would always say this thing where she'd be like, give me a second. Like, yeah. I don't want to yell at you. I want to tell you what you did wrong. And so I got to take a breather. You got to yeah. take a breather. Oh, this was the worst. She would be like, take a breather to think about what you did for a second. <laughs> Sit there with your thoughts about what you did yeah. wrong. And then you're going to come and explain to me or whatever, whatever. And then we'd, like, talk. But I think that's the same thing where it's, like, a lot of the time when you're in the moment, mm-hmm. you act with emotion and right. it's not really logic. And even stepping back for like five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, and thinking about it and you're like, okay, like how should I respond? Yeah. It allows you to almost have more of an objective, right. I guess, view to uh, it. I think it's great because it's like, as much as you think, it's the biggest twist of a knife, I think. Letting them sit with their thoughts, letting them mm-hmm. be like, why'd she leave? Like what, or like not even why'd she leave, but I never got closure from, or like or that person never got to say, oh, haha, she's crazy. And she's like obsessed with me. Right. Like you just got to be like, okay, no, like I'm moving on. I think not even, like, I think just the feeling of being like, yeah, I am that much better than you, <laughs> that I do not care about you. I am moving That's on. what it is. It's like, I literally don't care to waste my breath on you. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I think that's a good one. And I feel like your TikTok has a million amazing little yeah. tips and tricks like that where can everyone find you and then i want to yeah. know where everyone can find you and then 4 a.m yeah jade beglin it's b-e-g-u-e-l-i-n and at 4 a.m skin on every platform yeah and i'm sab sad s-a-b-s-a-d-e and the number four a.m skin what is next for 4 a.m skin i know i saw you posting something about i don't know if it's like fully out there yet yeah so we're starting r&d on makeup wipes which is really exciting and we really think we were talking with a like major retailer about it and they were like this makes so much sense for your brand which we can't really talk about yet but I think it really makes sense where a lot of skincare brands obviously you know a cleanser is going to be the best thing like obviously using water and using a cleanser is going to be the best thing but because 4am is so much about like do your best and we were like, okay, this is really the next natural step to make a makeup yeah. wipe that's better for you. Because I feel like Neutrogena ones are so bad. Oh, my God. Like chemicals, all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and there hasn't really been someone yet to revolutionize that product skew. And yeah. so hopefully 4 I think a makeup wipe is one. like, that'll be perfect for you yeah. guys. Perfect for the 4 a.m. brand. All right. Well, I will leave everything in the show notes so everyone can find you guys. And I'm so grateful you guys came on. Yeah. I'm so happy we finally met Thanks in person. For having you guys us. Thanks for having amazing. us. Amazing. Should we I give you a guys? discount code? Do you guys Thank want to do a discount code for your followers? Yeah, we can do a discount code. 
You can make it anything. Chaos. You want. Chaos. Yeah. Saying whatever. Number. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I like chaos, that. and we'll put, it, put a little yeah. code in. So okay. code chaos for a secret discount for 4 a.m. skin. Yeah. You guys have to get the eye patches. They're yes. so cute for Instagram too. Yes. Take little pictures with it. Do your whole routine. But I love you guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having us.